too many movies. I watch too much TV. I have too many kids. And now we're doing a podcast. The Discerning Geeks Portal. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Discerning Geeks podcast. I'm sorry, Discerning Geeks Portal, where each week we delve into things, all things geek. And this week we have a very special episode where we will be actually doing a live D&D episode. And so we'll go around the table and let everyone introduce their characters and then I'll kind of set the scene and we'll get started. So who wants to go first in introducing their characters? Not it, not it, not it. All right, roll for initiative. Are you, are you guys hearing voices? You, <laughs> do you hear that? I'm serious, man. I just heard somebody. Like, we were just walking through the woods and there was this guy and I, did you hear that? Ray, did you hear that? Ray, Ooh. hey, Ray, no. stop eating the tree. Ray, did you hear that voice? <laughs> Stop. Oh, I'm sorry. Introductions. Yes. Introduction. I, shall be, I shall introduce myself, for I am the mightiest. In this group, I am, anyway. <laughs> my, na- my name is Anacle. Pit Trap. That's a local name. Don't worry about it. I have a last name, but you don't need to know that. I'm an elf paladin, because I rule. And, uh, yeah, that's me. All right. Anacle Pit Trap. Our elven half elven in it, or is it full up? No, no, no. I'm how dashed you, sir. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, am, I am a full elf. Thank you very much. Half elf, full elf paladin. I am a leaf eater compared to what a dwarf would say. And actually, you're an Eladrin. That's right. But you're not the Eladrin from one of the additional source books. You're the Eladrin variant from the, I think, Dungeon Master's Guide, either that or the Player's Guide. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the variant that that was there before the official version came along, but I think you still get Misty Step. Still yes, cool. I do. Yes, I can poof. I can go poof, poof, poof. You can poof. It does come in handy. Insert art joke, dude. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> what happened to Hannibal? He's over there now. <laughs> Todd, who's, who's I mean, Ray. No, I'll go next because Todd has the best character. We'll save best for last. Oh, okay. uh, I play Ray, who is a rogue. And that's basically all you need to know. Sometimes uh, it does wizard cor- stuff. Correction. Insane rogue. That means I'm just a normal rogue, man. The other two members of this party have been trying to figure out a place to leave her. So, female halfling rogue slash wizard, because you actually took a level in wizard. Yeah, I took well. a level in wizarding for no reason. Slash nuts. And so, yeah. And the name is Ray. And then we have. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, uh, I'm Todd, and I am playing Dwelric Alderpaw Grunmal. And I am a level 10 forest gnome druid. And let me just take this opportunity to say that the way they have designed uh, 5th edition of DD, sometimes I wonder why anybody would want to play anything other than a druid. <laughs> I love. I drew it. In real life, I hate the outdoors. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't want to be outside. But there's something about 
a druid, I think it's mostly the wild shape. I, I've always loved shape shifting as a power, whether it's science fiction, fantasy, whatever. So wild shape is pretty cool. But uh, also the fact that you get wild shape and you're a full magic caster, a uh, spell caster, it, it, you can do it as well. Meanwhile, I'm still the one that saves them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so when we last left our heroes, you guys had performed a very magic, powerful magical spell. Um, that we created somehow. In, in attempts to contact the gods. Um, oh, and, yeah, that's right. Didn't we blow up the earth or something? Trying to get some information and some assistance in your campaign. Um, and we're all knocked unconscious. Um, so we are going to waken your characters now. And you guys are standing on a path. It's kind of a rough little, you know, just dirt path. In front of you is a small town. This town, you can tell, is kind of built up around a hill. And there's a large manor house on the top of the hill. And it is snowing. Yay, snow! Sorry, I, I revert to my five-year-old self when it's, when it's snowing. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's d or not, I just do. It's actually snowing outside right now. Shut up! I, I want to go to the window. So, yes, it is snowing. Uh, there's a, a thin layer of, of snow blanketing the, the ground and the houses in the area. Ray, in your hand, you are holding a crumpled brown bag that has written on it. He's been drinking again. Very common. Deliver immediately to three court square. I give it to Annika. Okay. I'm not dealing with this. You take it. Annika, he hands you a small little paper bag Uh um, that has these instructions scribbled on it very hastily. um, Deliver immediately. And immediately is in all capital um, to three court square. Okay. Is this one of y'all's? What? What is it? I don't know. It's a bag. It is. I mean, I I woke up and I found it, and then I gave it to you. Did you find it, or were you holding it? It's one or the other. Uh, when we woke up, I was holding it. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It says deliver bag to three court square. Now, is that three courts and a square, or is it like <laughs> a square with a court in it? And it's a number three, three quarters in the middle of a square, dude. Come on. I don't, well, so, have you got a measure? You get these from context. Oh, right, right, right. You're telling me we, we try to do this great big ritual and we wake up and we're now employed by Fantasy Amazon? Evidently. Or maybe it's, well, maybe it's not Amazon. Maybe it's like, you know, the, the Elf Postal Service or something. I don't know. EPS. Ray, you notice up ahead a small little wooden sign that says Court Square and has an arrow pointed to the left. That's way too convenient. Uh, okay. I pointed out again. Oh, well, yeah. Guys, there's a sign that says the... Guys, I say we go with it. The last time I tried to be rebellious, it didn't go well. So let's, let's just deliver the freaking pack. Okay, okay, fine. Okay, I, I'd still say that sign's very convenient, though. 
So as you're walking towards this town, um, you notice kind of that it's, it's in pretty bad disrepair. Um, now, I know you've been dealing a lot with a town that was kind of neglected and, and, and in, in, in disrepair. This looks very similar. You know, some of the houses look like they once were a little bit nicer. You can see kind of up ahead, um, down one of the... Uh, one of the paths that leads more towards the center of town, uh, what looks like it would have been a fountain with a large angel statue. Oh, uh, where pieces of the, the statue have kind of crumbled off from air, way, wear and tear. But you notice um, some small little hovels on this first road that you come to, Court Square. They're very, very tiny, and, and they're each marked. Um, so you can see, you know, number one, number two and then the third building you come to is three court square and it's just a small tiny little um kind of hut on the edge of town i just look at the what is with us and get finding like the back end ass hand handles ha- like towns of every freaking country we're in i mean what is up with this we've got to like get better agents or something i don't know what's going on like you know every- there's a technically a broken angel statue and it's snowing so that's a snow angel Thank you for your powers of observation. Okay, well, uh, do you want to do this? It's kind of small. I mean, I guess I can. I just didn't, you know, should we do it together as a team? Holding hands on the yellow brick road. We might as well. I mean, what else do we have to do? We weren't all three given separate packages, so, yeah. Yeah, but they gave it to Ray. I mean, think about that. Yeah, true. That's a good point, you know? Why would they give it to the smartest person here? I mean, you know? Or the thief. Or the thief, Did yeah. He steal it. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, fine. So, so you were saying, let her deliver the package and we run for it. <laughs> that's that's was that was that was. I'm not saying that's what I was thinking, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. Let's just put it that way. Because <laughs> we have been looking. Okay, fine. I'll knock on the door. So you knock on the door of the small house, causing some snow to crumble off the frame as it rattles in the empty night. Uh, you wait for just a moment, and a, a very worn-down older uh, gentleman or a, a middle-aged gentleman opens the door. And, human, gnome, human, elf, dwarf, okay. human. Yep. Uh, he he seems to be really kind of worn down and tired, but he gives you a very warm smile nonetheless and says, "Oh, hello. You must be delivering the uh, the medicine for the child." Oh, it's medicine? Cool. Shut up! Yeah, I don't know, I guess. Yeah, here. Oh, I hand it, oh. hand in the bag. Thank you, thank you so much. This, I just, I hope it's not too late. I'm sorry, my manners. Please, please, come inside. Come inside. Okay. Three of you are ushered into this small little hovel. There's a small fire with just a few tiny sticks kind of in warm, giving off a little bit of warmth in the corner, a small table. You see three three or four little children kind of running around and on a, on a small little cot in the corner, you, you notice a, a small little boy kind of laying and, and coughing and, and definitely gasping for breath. It's, oh, um, again, I'm sorry. My, my, my manners. Um, hi, I, I'm, I'm Bob. How, how are you? Wait, Bob. Bob? Don't we know Bob? Yeah, he owns the house and owns the road too. Bob's road. Yeah, yeah I saw this coming. Okay. 
<laughs> I, was, I was going to ask, is the kid named Tiny Tim? <laughs> it is. It's a good thing this is like 5,000 years before Charles Dickens. Anyway, moving on. Um, uh, 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 hi, I'm Anacle, and this is uh, this is Dwelvrick, and, and that's Ray, but we don't care about her. Oh, oh. <laughs> you oh, have hot on. chocolate. Come, come have a seat. I, I've, my wife has some soup on. Let, let me get you a bowl. Um, here, this this is the town physician, and he points to an elderly man sitting by the child. This man has a has a a, a white beard and mustache. Um, he he rises and and comes over and shakes your hand. And uh, oh, I'm so glad you guys have made it. Um, thank you, thank you so much for delivering this package. Um, it's it's been it's been tough these last few days. I'm sure. Um, do, do, do you guys, you know, it, uh, you know what? Hang on. Uh, uh, where's your, where's your, um, your firewood? Where do you keep it? Oh, well, there's, there's just a little, you know, kind of out back. But, right. uh, but yeah, it, it, there's not a lot. How far know. is it back to the woods? Uh, it's not far. It's not far. Okay. Um. Well, Dwelver, you and Ray, y'all stay here and 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 keep them. Find out what's going on, and and I'm I'll be back. I'm gonna go help you out a little more, I guess. And I'm gonna leave and actually go like get wood from the woods and bring back. Oh, well, that would that would be a big help just to take a little burden off of uh, Bob here as he's tending for for Tiny Tim. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, no, no, no problem. Uh, what is uh, wrong with uh, little Timothy? <laughs> Sorry. Little, little Timothy. Little Timothy. I, I, I wish I knew. It, it's been beyond my power leg. as a physician to, to be able to help him. He, he struggles to breathe sometimes. He's definitely, uh, you know, he's he's been ailing since uh, since he was born I, I i just don't know i i, I may not be a physician but i have a little bit of experience in certain kinds of uh, natural medicines um w- would it hurt if i uh, kind of take a look and, and see if there's something i can do oh no please please be my guest if you're a healer you know bob you don't mind do you and Bob looks and just kind of shakes his head and, and goes back to ladling some soup into some bowls for you guys. Okay. Uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Does anybody have something they want me to steal? <laughs> yeah. Sit down. Ray? Sit down, eat your soup, and keep your hands off any of everything. Yeah, just, 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 don't, just don't touch anything. I robbed Tiny Tim. Oh, no. <laughs> Now, now you know why we're trying to get rid of the insane <laughs> Glad I'm out chopping firewood. I, I have this image later of Ray just turning around, going, "Look, I found this crutch." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, look at this cool little crutch I found. It was by the fireplace. Look at this crutch. Was that before or after the creepy old guy showed up with the ghost? Uh, it was before. Son of a bitch. Okay, so, 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 Dave. Obviously, the reason I'm asking is, you know, I've got the herbalism kit and I've got a buttload of mm-hmm. uh, potions right now. 
but potions of healing, I don't know how permanent they are, and his condition might be a, a long-term thing. So, I mean, I guess maybe you need to tell me how this works. If I do something like a medicine check, will I be able to tell whether something I have might help him or not? Go ahead and give me a medicine check, and we'll see what you okay. can. I think this might be our first medicine check. I'm not even sure what my <laughs> my score is. Oh, plus I didn't five. even right. know medicine was a thing you could check until right now. So, thirteen. Yeah, you feel like you could easily like treat some of the symptoms and make him a little bit more comfortable. Uh, as you feel down, you feel that he's running a fever and 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 things like that. Um, and you know some medicines that would help reduce the fever and maybe help him sleep but you're pretty sure you don't have anything that would help cure him for what he has right now okay um so what would help him at least in the short term like a, a just a normal potion of healing or some good berries could help yeah actually i wouldn't even say you would have to use that you could use some of your herbal you know, cures just to kind of to make him comfortable because it's not going to be like re- restoring hit points for him. And actually, I do have a potion for removing disease, but I don't, <laughs> I don't have any of the details on it. It's something I got off the internet, so I don't know how strong it works or if you would allow it to work. I technically have it if you wanted me to give it a try. That would be up to you if you wanted to give it a try or, or not. Uh, guys, uh, again, I, uh, I'm not a normal physician, but I do have some, um, some elixirs here and one of these might do the trick. I can't make any guarantees. So I would kind of like, uh, permission from everybody, uh, to try this out. Worst case scenario, he kills Tiny Tim. Yeah, the physician's like, he's kind of, I've done everything that I can, you know, he's, um, you know, kind of messing with the medicine that uh, that was brought in the packet, and you kind of notice it for what it is um, as some of the similar herbs that you were kind of putting together just to kind of treat the symptoms, um, and uh, you know that it's not going to have any long term effect as well with the medicines that you brought, um, but you're more than welcome to to try your uh, potion if you would like. Okay, yeah, and I. Notice I did not use the word potion because, right? yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if that would be a bad thing or not. Okay, so yeah, so I'll take out the one that is the potion of removed disease. And again, I don't have any details. I might be able to look it up because there might be details on the internet for it. But I mean, I guess it's up to you how much or if it works anyway. So yeah, I'll take out that one. It's the only one of those I have. And uh, so yeah, I'll give it to Tim. Okay. Um he kind of coughs and sputters and, and takes the potion. After he completes it, he you can tell he does open his eyes and, and look at you, and, and a little bit of the color kind of returns to his face. Um, he he kind of sits up and 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 looks around, and, and yeah, Bob runs by his side and and, and kind of cradles him. And, oh, you look you do look better. And he goes, yeah, I, I, I feel a little better, Pop. Um, give me another medicine check. Oh, that's better. 21. Okay. So with the 21, you you are happy to see this and can tell that it's definitely given him some strength. But you can also tell that it hasn't cured the overall condition. Um, and that you've, prob- you've basically bought him more time. 
Dave, um, mm-hmm. you're you're able to gather some some wood and, and bring hopefully it back. hopefully a good good amount. Seeing I'm yeah. I'm hoping my steed's there, but I don't know if he is or not. Um, so you get well. I mean, you you carry quite a bit, and it doesn't take you long to to kind of scrounge up. Well, that's true. Um, and you know where kind of to look, and and you've got your your axe and stuff, so you're able to to get some wood pretty quickly, and you get it into the house. Um, it is getting late. Put um, up the fire. So how's the patient? And, and you can tell Tiny Tim is sitting up, and, and he looks better. Um, Bob's looking very pleased at all three of you guys. Like you guys have been a um, some kind of angel coming to to help them in their time of need. Um, can I uh, talk to Bob? Actually? Yeah, you can talk to Bob. Hey, Bob, where does one like you find himself employed on a day like today? Oh, I I, I have the pleasure of working for the mayor of this town. Oh, and what's his name? Uh, his name is is Sir Scrooge. Yeah, you're going to milk it, aren't you, bud? <laughs> Go ahead, milk it. Milk and it for all it's worth there, Ray. Go ahead, do it. What's Mr. Scrooge like? Well, uh, Mr. Scrooge, he's, there's a lot of shadow around Mr. Scrooge. You can tell that he's not happy most of the time. He, he's, he's, he's a pretty sad man. I don't know if it's because of the passing of his, you know, formal friend or what, but uh, especially recently, he's he's been a very kind of dark and 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 disturbed gentleman but he pays well uh, so you, are are you saying he's just a grunt meister general or or just full a hole well one doesn't speak badly of one's employer and keep their job very long oh okay yeah, the man's going to make, make a living. Stop pissing him off. So, uh, so everybody give me a perception check. Uh, I'm sorry, a passive perception check. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, passive is 19. It would I be rolled a 20. 18. If, if it's passive, you don't have to roll. It's that's on right. your sheet. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, to look in front of that stupid thing. Passive perception again. Middle left. Perception 12. I didn't even know that was there. <laughs> so, your passive perception is yeah, 12, 14, and Todd, what was yours? 19. 19. 19. So, Dave, you and Todd notice the chimes of a bell tower starting to chime the hour. So, you know, Kong. And it's kind of faint, but you can definitely hear the... Uh, the chiming of the tower of the hour coming from a um, clock somewhere in town. That's a really loud clock. I'm just saying. Intermixed in between the chimes, you also hear what sounds like rattling chains from outside the hut. Well, it's a good thing we got this nice fire here. Nice warm place to live with some soup. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> Sorry, it's like aren't you the paladin? Yep, 
when I'm happy. I'm content. Uh, I'll take a look out the window, see what the what's up with the chains. Okay. So as you look outside, you see a pale, translucent man just on the edge of the light streaming from the window. He wears a heavy coat wrapped around him. Um, is also a great chain that fans out in the snow behind him in the darkness. And he motions for you to approach. Well, there's something you don't see every day. Do I notice Todd notice? I mean, you notice Todd looking out a window. Hey, Todd. I mean, hey, oh. Dwell, what you looking at, bud? Well, well, come on over here because I think somebody's motioning for, for you to go out there. <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody outside who wants to talk to you, Ray. Why don't you go find out what he wants? Appreciate that. Not even been half an hour. They're already trying to kill me. We've been trying to kill you since day one, dude. Jeez. You do like 30 stupid things. Come on, guys. Yeah, only 30 stupid things. And continues. Who's out there? Whoa. Do I notice the white tail man? So, Do I notice him? So yes, as you look outside, you notice the same translucent man with a heavy chain draped around him, kind of dragging I, I, it. I go look, just so you don't have to say this a third time. Yep. And and he motions for all of you to to join him outside. Yeah, I believe that guy wants to talk to you, Ray. Why don't you go out there and talk to him first? Awesome! New friend! And I yeah. run out the door and go straight to him. You, you were given the package, so you're the leader of this mission. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I've always wanted to be the leader of something. So, Ray, you run out to him, and and it's a little disheartening because it looks like a a very old gentleman, but you can also see through him to the woods, and you kind of recognize that he is some form of of spirit or or ghost. Um, But he continues to to motion for um, the rest of you inside. What is with you and spirits? I swear, Dwelve. Come on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we'll be back, maybe. Um, take good care of that kid. We're going. Ghost. I'll check on him before we leave. So as you Ghostbusters theme plays, approach and uh, and go outside and supernatural and approach. Um, the specter speaks. You have done a good thing this night, but more is needed. So much more before the night is done. The church bell continues to toll. As you counted the tolls, you realize that it is 11 o'clock. My name was Jacob Marley in life. I knew Lord Ebenezer, and I committed with him every misbegotten act of greed and malice. As recompense, I now wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link. His eyes kind of turn back to you, and he seems to become a little bit more real and solidified um, almost as a person he continues it is too late for me but not perhaps for him 
He has prepared for many years to slip the noose of old age and become a mortal, but to do so will cost him both his soul and this town far more than the chains that bind me. So you're telling me to go screw with an old dude until he repents. Awesome. I was made for this. There is still a chance for this town. For tonight, Scrooge will be visited by three spirits. For his sake, he must hear what they have to say. But there are dark creatures in this town who want to claim Scrooge's soul for their own. If left to their own devices, they will undo the spirit's work. All of you. And he looks at each one of you in the eyes. All of you must find your way into Scrooge's bedchamber before the final stroke of midnight. Sounds kind of kinky, but okay. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. There you will encounter the spirits and must push back whatever foul beings show themselves. This is the only hope left for Scrooge and this entire town. As he speaks his final words, his body begins to fade. The distant church bell tolls its 11th stroke. As the final bell reverberates through the street, the ghost disappears like smoke blown away by the echo. You gaze up from the snowy street, and you can see the governor, Lord Ebenezer Scrooge's manor, sitting atop of the hill at the center of town. Race, you guys there! And then I bolt off towards the grabs Ray by the neck. Hang on a second. All right. Look, let's just go over what's happened. All right. Okay. First, we pull every powerful magical thing that we can think of together to try to break through whatever the heck it is that's preventing the communication with the gods. Big bright flash. Next thing we know, we're on this street in front of a town. We have no freaking clue what's going on. You have a brown paper bag like you just got off of work. It said deliver Bob and his little weird kid in the bed there. It's, which, which we do. We help out, which is fine because there was instructions on that. Next thing we know, here comes, you know, guy who hasn't eaten in 500 years, evidently, show up at the front door to be like, hey, you guys need to come talk to me. And what does he say? Oh, yeah. I need you guys to sneak into the mayor's house. Not just his house, his freaking bedroom. Hello, I'm a six foot tall paladin in plate armor here. It's not going to be exactly quiet. To protect the ghosts that are to come to see him tonight from the evil that might possibly prevent it. Does nobody else see a problem with this, or am I the only one? This isn't the first time I've done this, bro. Every time I chug a bottle of red wine, bro. Somehow that does not surprise me. <laughs> this is actually better than most of the stuff we're expected to do. Well, that is true. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Is, this is kind of a step up. That is kind of that is kind of a good point, Twelve. I have to I have to agree with you there. All right, fine. Let's go. 
Race you there, and then I bolt off. I grab his neck again. No, no. If you don't stop doing that, damn it! All I know is we're in some different plane, and if you'll probably steal like the wrong gym, and when we get back home, everybody will be like, you know, goat people or something. <laughs> so you push towards Scrooge's Manor, street by street. Falling snow fills in your tracks behind you as you skirt around the, lar- a lar- the large angel fountain in the center of the market square. Um, Maybe we could pretend to be cable repairmen. Maybe he'll let us in. <laughs> really? The snow is at least a foot thick here. Um, you can, again, notice the dilapidated shape of the angel fountain as it appears to be broken. Um, in fact, most of the buildings you pass look like they are in need of repair. Jesus, does nobody, is there not a carpenter in this town at all? After much trudging through the snow, you eventually reach the road to the hill leading up to the to Ebenezer's Manor. Oh yeah, this is a creepy. Ahead of you, the street shines with fresh snow and begins to climb back and forth up the hill um, in a switchback. As you draw nearer, though, you realize it's not snow glistening, but ice. The street looks less like a road and more like a frozen river, running okay, from the top of the hill to the very bottom. Yes. Does this look like the Scooby-Doo Manor? Out of curiosity? <laughs> yes, it does. Jeez! <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. All I needed to know. I was like, okay. What is wrong with us? The first thing that popped in my head was, does this look like the Scooby-Doo Manor? Yes, okay. Okay, so ice. I hmm, all right. So I guess we'll attempt to go up the street. Okay. So as you're kind of navigating the ice, um, as you near a hill, a wall of ice sits in your way. A horse-drawn coach sits at the base of the hill. The empty harness hangs frozen in the air. Ice has flowed over it, leaving a small mountain of blue pooling in the middle of the street. So you actually have like a complete sheet of ice here. Um, if you would like to cross it, I'm going to need an athletics check. Where's the fizz band when you need him? Fireball. Yeah, I'm looking to see if I've got any spells to handle this. Okay. So it's actually so, a small wall of ice that you have to get over. And it's going to take a oh, over? Oh, over? Yeah. Oh, okay, because I was like, is this like a, a sheet of ice on the ground? No, or no, no, it's a small wall of ice. Oh, okay. Why is there a wall of ice in the middle of the street? That's where the water froze. Yeah, it's two feet high? No, that doesn't happen naturally. <laughs> okay, well, I picked the other two up and put them on the other side of the wall. So give me a strength check. They're not that heavy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That'd be 12 for Ray. Uh, 20 for 12. If I drop Ray on this head, I don't care. Yeah. Okay, Gee, so you get them over. Now I'll need an athletics check to get you over. That would be 20 as well. Okay, awesome. Yeah, you make it over. So after pulling yourselves over the mass vice, you look up to the first stretch of street and find it is mercifully smooth. As you head down, you hear a crunching sound from the roof of a closed shop. And a, a closed shop as you pass, you look up to see snow and shingles falling towards you. The small Same. avalanche of shingles 
is falling for your head on this patch of ice. Dexterity. Give me a dexterity save. Yep. Damn it, Ray. I know it's just. I rolled it too, but I'm still going to get out of it probably because I'm a rogue. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) No. Don't forget to add your bonus. What bonus? The bonus for. Hello, Paladin. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, what is that bonus? It's plus four. So uh, I, 22. Uh, I'm at 19. 15. Yes, yes 19. Okay. Oh. Dives for what I hope is a, a pile of snow. and oh, 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 cheese and crackers. We're being attacked by a roof. <laughs> oh, cheese and crackers. So, uh, Anacol like and Welvrick, you each take six damage as you're clipped by some of the snow and shingles. And Dwelvrick, you take 13. Hey, hang, hang on, you said I take 13? How no, did no, I no, take no. more? If no, 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 no. no. Uh, I'm sorry, Ray takes 13. Dwelvrick and Anacle take six. Because you guys both save. Okay, now what is our hit point? Our, because when we left off, I already had a little bit of damage. You're at full was, hit points with the start of okay. this. Yep. Okay, yeah. Ow. We got hit because two shingles bounced off a race head and bumped into us. That's where that's what happened. You trying to say I got a hard head? Uh, yeah. Cool. And Dave, considering that this is kind of a, a backtrack and uh-huh. I don't know, maybe even a, a dream sequence, are we at full uh, what do you call them, spell slots yes. and everything like that? Yes. Like, is it the equivalent of having a long breath? Yes, everything's full. So as you kind of start up the next um, easy the street next street seems far easier you notice a gap between a store and its windows frosted over and a a store with its windows frosted over and a small cobbler shop hidden in the shadows between wooden buildings is an alleyway paved in stone steps strangely untouched by the ice providing an easy path upwards. Well, that's obviously somebody just salted their uh, stairs, and I'm not going to trust that as far as I can throw it, so I'm going to keep going. An unsettling feeling flows from the alleyway. The hairs on your skin stand up with the feeling of being watched, watches over you. Except for Kinder, because he can't feel fear. It's settling feeling, not fear. There's a difference. It's more of a sad, like, Nostalgic feel. Okay, well, I look. I'll look at the alleyway. Do I see anything besides these strange steps and having this weird feeling? Can, you you kind of lose sight into the darkness around the corner. Hey, Ray. Yeah. Oh, moon the alley. Moon the alley. Yeah. <laughs> like the moon, moon. <laughs> yeah. Not I'm moon not Moon the alley. <laughs> moon it. Like seriously, do it. Okay, I pull down my branches and moon the alley. <laughs> uh, nothing seems to happen. Okay. Yeah, they're pussies. Let's go. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, are you guys taking the alley or the... No, I'm not taking that stupid alley. I'm not... Okay. Hello? So, it wouldn't even comment on the fact I mooned it, bro. Like, so, trusting your instincts, you forge on over the icy street. 
Yes. So soon realize it is starting to rise on one side, creating a slope leading to the edge of the road. One wrong slip here will end with a fall <laughs> to the rooftops below. Don't I have a climber set? So it's very icy, and I'll need an athletics check from everyone to stay. No, you won't. I stabbed my dagger into the ground so I can't slip. Off the... Does it work? Uh, I stabbed my dagger into the ground. 13. 18. Right? Yes. 14 plus whatever. Making sure my math is right. You said athletics, right? Yes, athletics. So I'm sorry. Give me everybody's total again. 18. 18, 15. 15 and, and 18, 12 or you said 13. Um, so 12 or you start to slip and fall. Okay. <gasps> no! no! So give me uh, a... Everybody give me a dexterity saving throw. Two to catch and one to save himself. Now you get to add your four. 13 plus 8, 21. 23. Ha! Nine. <laughs> so, Clover, you twelve. slip and fall and like land on your face and start to slide towards the edge of this, this very slick road um, when you feel something grab and arrest your slide and you're able to look up and see that uh, Anacle is holding a onto your britches as you were beginning to slip off the uh, the the edge here and he has caught you actually I threw, oh. threw Ray at you and Ray <laughs> caught you because I caught Ray it's like a chain thing <laughs> saving you from falling off the edge of this um, it takes some moments for you guys to kind of get yourselves back together and kind of continue to slide up this icy path to get to the top 12 remind me when we get back home that we find somebody that can do fire so as you move up the fro- slowly up the frozen road, you near the summit, reaching the last of the switchbacks. The smooth surface here gives way to a chaotic mess of ice that has consumed the turn like a rushing river, frozen as it surged around the bend. Guys, this is very dramatic ice. I know, right? I'm going to need another athletics check. Oh my goodness. Seven. Oh, that's okay. I didn't do any any better either. <laughs> ten? Yeah, ten. Ray. Ray. Ray, you want to move so we can shoot the monster now, please? <laughs> Did we lose Ray? Uh, he's probably got his headset muted for some stupid reason. <laughs> that or he keeps trying to re-roll all the ones. Andrew, <laughs> we need a roll. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Whoa, hang on a second. Let me check the calendar app on my phone. You've got to be kidding me! I need to make a call. Sid! Ho, ho, ho! This is Nick! St. Nick! That's right! What's up? Listen, Nick, I'm at the recording booth for the podcast gig, and it says it's for a Christmas-themed episode. Right, I see. 
Well, okay, but Sid, it's January. Ho ho ho. Yeah, I checked the calendar app on my phone and everything. So did they not start editing their Christmas episode until January? What? They didn't even record it until more than a week into January? Ho ho ho. That on top of the audio problems? Aren't these guys professionals? Oh, they're not? Well, all right then. Thanks for clarifying, Sid. <laughs> yes, let's do lunch the next time you're up north. Ho, ho, ho. Okay, ciao. I am definitely firing Sid on Monday. <clears throat> ho, ho, ho. Greetings, discerning Geek Portal listeners. My name is Santa Claus. For some of our international listeners, I'm also known as Father Christmas, Papa Noel, Weihnachtsman, or Baba Natale. I am here to help out with a section of this very special, uh, Christmas-themed episode. You see, not only did our four very naughty podcasters not get around to recording a Christmas-themed episode until January. And trust me, they'll get lumps of coal in their stockings 11 months from now for that one. But one of the podcasters was extra naughty and accidentally unplugged his microphone during this part of the recording. He eventually plugged it back in such that the others could hear him but his voice was still somehow missing from 21 minutes of the raw recording. No, seriously. So I, Santa Claus, am here to help narrate the missing portions. As if Santa doesn't have anything better to do. Ho, 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 whatever. When last we left off, our intrepid adventurers were facing grave danger against, uh, checking my notes, ice. Ice? They were trying to walk on ice? I'm from the North Pole. I walk on ice all the time. It's not that hard. Sid is so fired on Monday. Anyway, on their athletics checks, Anical, the mighty, charismatic, and heroic paladin, rolled a middling ten. Dwelvric, the dashing, talented, and perceptive druid, rolled an unfortunate seven. Ho, ho, ho! And we pick up where we left off with Ray, the nonsensical, morally ambiguous, and mentally unstable rogue, rolling a lucky 15. So 15. And, and Dave, help, help me understand again, what, what exactly are we facing again? Basically, the road is just frozen ice, and you're trying to overcome getting up to the top of it, to this up this hill. Um, and this is another switchback, and it's it's frozen solid, and you're this is the f the home stretch. So you can see the top of the the hill where the mansion is. Well, and that's the thing. I just remembered I've got lucky the lucky feet, so I could re-roll something. But if we're that close, it, it's not worth it on just slipping on ice. And I don't want to blow a wild shape on this either. Right. So yeah, you guys, you know, sadly slip multiple times trying to make it up this last section 
There's a couple, you know, almost as like um, Home Alone, where your feet just slip out from under you and you end up at the bottom again. But eventually, you finally haul yourself up to the final stretch top of the hill. The ice abruptly gives way to paved stone again. Standing before you and surrounding the manor is a ten-foot-tall stone wall. Half frozen over in the bitter wind, you can see a, the stone path leading up to the front door through the large closed iron gate set into the wall. Next to it, a single barred and shuttered window is cut into the stone, candlelight streaming from between the cracks. So there's a stone wall around Ebenezer's house, 10 foot tall. Uh, there is a gate built into the wall, and next to the gate is like a guardhouse. And there you can see candlelight coming from the guardhouse. Okay, so Roy, should we, uh, should we go about this proper, or should we just uh, sneak around? Ho, ho, ho! At this moment, Andrew, the player behind the character of Ray asked a question about the manor house in relation to the team's current position. Yeah, it's going to say you don't have a clear view of the manor house through um, because you're of the wall in front of you. And here, Andrew asked a question that had something to do with the Muppets. Not yet. No, but if the Muppets show up, I'll let you know. Yeah, is Gonzo somewhere narrating in the corner? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> walks through the gate. Wait, uh, <laughs> listeners, this is a reference to uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, which I believe is our episode number 23. Please give it a listen. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Maybe that's what knocked all the snow and the shingles off the roof was Gonzo and Rizzo up there like running, running to narrate. Anyway, uh, 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 what was the answer? Did we decide to do this legit or were we just going to sneak in? Well, I'm also wondering if there's a back way. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Do, you know, do we walk around? Does somebody want to knock on the gate? Be like, hey, is Mr. Scrooge in? You know, we just need to hang out in his bedroom for the next, what, five hours? I, I, no, hang on a second. Actually, Ray, go over to the window stealthily, please, and see, like, if there is an actual guard. His name's Scrooge. I, I got a feeling it's he's not got he's not going to pay for a guard. That might be wrong, but I'm just saying. Ho, ho, ho! Anakul makes a wise suggestion requesting that Ray scout out the situation, utilizing her experience as a nimble and subtle sneak. Ray, after all, has a plus 13 in the stealth skill, an impressive stealth bonus many D&D players would kill for. Ray walks over to the guard booth and blatantly knocks on the window. Wait, did I read that right? No, don't knock! Just look and listen, you dork! I hide. <laughs> I just hold dwell. I just hold dwell okay. back, and we just hide in the alley. Oh, I I cast minor illusion and and make it look like a a, a snowman is around me, and I hide behind the <laughs> snowman. Um, yeah. So, a kind of grumpy, sleepy, um, fairly large-looking human. Um, he, he's got some rough chain mail on and a sword on his hip, but he's definitely kind of the guard. Um, kind of comes, sticks his head out of the window. What do you want? It is at this moment that Ray, the misguided and reckless rogue, tries to interest the guard in Girl Scout cookies or biscuits for our British friends. Uh, go away. 
Lord Scrooge is not seeing anyone tonight, especially at this hour. It's almost midnight. Get out of here. Andrew, the player behind the Ray character, asked to make a persuasion check. Yes. You can roll for a persuasion. But what exactly is Ray trying to persuade the guard into believing? You persuaded them that you're annoying. Santa thinks Anacle is onto something. Ho, ho, ho. But alas, Ray, the awkward and irksome rogue, also has a plus 12 in persuasion. What? How'd you pull a 24 to persuasion? Yeah, all you hear is the guard's chair kind of scrape across the floor and, and oof, as he sits back down in his chair uh, out of sight. In a further misguided effort to persuade the guard, Ray tries to include her allies Anacle and Wilvrick in her unwarranted request for entry. No, you turn around and see a snowman, and that's it. Because <laughs> I'm hiding behind the snowman. Ho, ho, ho! Following her inappropriate and ill-received request for entry, including the unconvincing solicitation of Girl Scout cookies she didn't actually possess, Ray abandons her persuasion on the guard. Well, there goes that option, so I guess, yeah, we better look to see if there's a back way. Uh, not, come on. Just, just come on. Yeah, let's go. You make our job so much harder. I swear to God. I swear to the gods. Just saying. All right, we're going to walk around the perimeter, hopefully, without the guard noticing, to see if there might possibly be a back gate, I guess? Maybe a place where the snow's piled up? I don't know. So you kind of, as you're walking around the uh, back of this uh, this compound, you do not notice a back gate. You do notice that it's just the same kind of 10-foot wall all the way around. In your in, in your mind's ear, mm-hmm. in your mind's ear, I'm going to say, if that is a term, mind's eye. Yeah, you okay. do hear, kind of almost a whisper. You must be in Scrooge's chamber by the twelfth strike of midnight. And at that time, you hear the clock strike one. Or the first strike of the, the clock for 12 Oh, yeah, clock. no pressure. I mean, I can missy step. That's not a problem. I can get in there, guys. That's not a problem. But how are you guys going to get in there? I mean, let's <laughs> bail on 12. Uh, well, all right. Check out missy step. Can you take somebody with you? Uh, I can't remember. I don't think so, but I might be wrong. Let me check. No, it's just it's just you. Um, Ray suggests that Dwelverick could turn into a bird and fly to the window of Scrooge's bedchamber. Yeah, but I don't know what's ahead of us. I don't know if I should wild shape yet. I don't want to... Well, if you guys can get in, you can let me in a back door or something. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Yeah, he could turn into a squirrel. Ho, ho, ho! Andrew, the player behind Ray, asked the dungeon master if the gate has a lock. But which lock? There is no back gate. Have our holiday heroes returned to the front gate and somehow not attracted the attention of the guard once again? Santa thinks the DM is trying to move things along. Yes, the gate has a lot. Yes. Give me a Maybe roll. if you hadn't... Uh, never mind. Give me a roll. Cast that whole... What like, is your slide of hand? Pass or whatever. 13. Okay. Santa was so confused at this moment at first. Why was Todd answering 13 for a roll Andrew would make? But... Plus 13 is Ray's sleight of hand bonus. 
not his role, which the DM is applying to lockpicking skills. And Todd must have had Ray's character sheet handy because Todd is the one with a D&D Beyond account. Seriously, this missing voice track thing is the worst. Sid is so fired on Monday. So yes, you open the lock easily. Ho, ho, ho! Our heroes have achieved the improbable. They have successfully picked the lock and opened the gate, all without attracting attention by the guard. Ray, the counterproductive rogue, chooses this moment to do or say something loud, warranting Anacle's disapproval. No! I smacked the shit out of him. Her. The whole goal is not to wake up the whole town that we're breaking into the mayor's house. You're a you're a gosh darn thief. You should know this crap by now. Okay, the gate is open and the bell sounds too. All right, let's go. Let's go. Whoa, whoa. I, please stay out of the sight of the guard. Thank you. Okay, so I, I kind of need to know what we're doing here. We got to get open gate, but you do have to cross the courtyard to get to the door. Um, but you are, as you can tell, on a time crunch here. So we're running. Okay, just running for it. I guess. Fine. Okay, I'll bolt the door when we get in. Go, just go, just go, just go, just go. Yeah. As you run by, you hear the guard kind of, hey, wait, <laughs> you guys aren't supposed to be in here. Uh, fire emergency. <laughs> uh, there's there's a fire on the other side of town. We're just telling the mayor. Be right back. <laughs> so, yeah, you quickly make it. Um, let me give you the description here. Um, so without buildings to buffer it, the, the wind cuts through you um, as you're kind of up on this hill above the town. You have a good view of the town, but your focus is mostly on Scrooge's Manor, which is before you. It is a grand three-story building. It's the Scooby-Doo Manor. We talked about this. Jinkies! It does seem to be in disrepair. Um, the only light that you see is coming from a the third floor window. Andrew asked the DM if he could use the Misty Step spell to get into the house more quickly. Read me what Misty Step says you can do. You can you would Misty Step to the front door. You have to see where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. Briefly surrounded by silvery mist, you teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that you can see. <laughs> no, you can see that there is a lit window. You could Misty Step to the window. <laughs> Outside of it. <laughs> And then I hope you can hold. I hope you can grab real quick, because otherwise gravity's gonna kick in. To his credit, Andrew fairly points out that the group last played D and D on Halloween night, more than two months ago. I know it has been a little while, so that's why I asked you to to, to kind of know what you're doing. So yes, you get to the door just as the bell times three. You're able to get into the manor. Uh, I lock it. Okay. Uh, you do hear the guard coming from behind you. Um, yeah, that's why I lock it. <laughs> oh, and, and hey, oh, since there's a pause, guys, don't let me forget. It, like we said, it's been a while since we played. Don't let me forget. I also have lesser restoration spell, and that does remove a disease. <laughs> so that might help Tiny Tim. Yeah, that's what I had. I have I have, I have detected disease and it, and lesser restoration. restoration. So you as yeah, you get I, in the manor, your steps echo on the hardwood floor of the entry hall as you finally leave behind the cold air and sluggish guard. Scrooge. Each sound you make is rebuked by the silence that hangs in the air and hovers over the warm carpet and old curtain 
It feels as real as the dust that sits on the empty pedestals and unlit lamps and reaches up the pillars that stretch above you, disappearing into the shadows. Scrooge! Sorry, I can't help it. It it creeps up the twin staircases, curling along the far side of the room, and languishes on the balcony. As your foot lands on the first step, another bell tolls. The The church bells continue to chime towards midnight. As you lurch up the steps, taking them two at a time, the chimes continue to ring out. Okay. I, I guess we're still running unless yep. we've got a better idea. I swear to God, I hope. Ho, ho, ho. Ray claims the security guard is still chasing the team. No, he's not. I locked the door. I slammed the door and I bolted it. So, no. Just keep going. We still we still only have, what? It's timed four times, right? Yep. Keep going. You got eight Grabbing hold of the railing, you pivot your momentum up the next flight, legs burning. You arrive at the landing, breathing heavily. The floor is dark and clearly has few visitors. Three hallways stretch out before you. The Son two, of a bitch! The two oh, outer man. hallways are left oh, dark man. with dust on the floor. The third, center hallway, has windows and a warm red carpet. And at the end, you can see a large double door. As oh, the good. Chime, oh, as the, t- the fifth chime rings out. Wait. Oh, thank you. I hate hallways. There's, there's, there's not a gold bar across that door, is there? Nope. You race down the hallway, your legs pounding away at the carpet as another chime rings out. Is there, please tell me there's not a gold bar across the, the hallway. The hallway seems to stretch forever, keeping the door just outside your reach. As you hear another chime. You slam into the door and they bulge under the sheer weight of your combined mass, but they throw you all back to the ground. They do not open. Ray, Ray, doors are your thing. Move yeah. Hello. Come on. Hello. Mr. Thief. Mrs. Thief. Whatever. Give me a sleight of hand. And we've lost our thief again. Or is Mike's muted? <laughs> <laughs> again. We've only got five more bells, I think. Whatever. He probably had to take out the trash. This is not a very good time, Mom. <laughs> Yeah, I cannot stress to you how this is not a good time, Mom. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a Galaxy Quest (laughs) reference. Galaxy Quest being our episode number 24. I misspoke earlier. Muppet Christmas Carol is episode 28. And I said uh, episode 23, that's actually the Adjustment Bureau. The Adjustment Bureau, Galaxy Quest, and Muppet Christmas Carol, all being three of our really great recent episodes. Please check them out. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho! Santa has been told in his notes that a little bit of time trying to get Andrew back online have been left edited in because they include a few moments of shameless self-promotion for the podcast and because they provide additional context for the technical issues that led to the Santa Claus voiceover. Yes, we will plug ourselves all night until Andrew shows back up. And ladies and gentlemen, since you're shaking your episodes 23, 24, and 28, which, which are the Adjustment Bureau, Galaxy Quest, and Muppet Christmas Carol reviews, you might as well check out episode 23, which is our review of Gremlins. And all the other numbers I didn't mention are probably Mandalorian episode reviews. So uh, check all those out. And just go back to the number one, which is the reference that I made with the whole, like, you know, this is going out all over the world one. 
No, he's evidently making a phone call. Oh, so that's me. I'm actually calling him. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. And let me check Zencaster. He's still on there. This is great podcast. Okay, I just barely heard him. It's locked you out. <laughs> are you locked out of your computer or are you locked out of the Zencaster? All right. So Andrew, with his wonderful thieving skills, realizes that the door opens outwards and is able to open the doors. Oh, good. As you guys fall into the room, you hear the last couple of dongs from the times of the hour as it reaches 12 o'clock. Dives under a rug. He won't see me in here. And at this point, the four very naughty podcasters stopped and restarted the recording with Andrew's track intact from this point forward. Ho, ho, ho! Santa's work here is done! And thank goodness, because this is the most embarrassing thing Santa's ever had to do. Wait! Oh, crap! My notes say that while I'm here, I might as well voice over a goodbye for the end of part one. So, you'll hear from me one more time before the end and before I start making phone calls looking for a new agent. You guys have entered into Ebenezer Scrooge's chamber. This is a large room, but it is strangely sparse for its size. There's a large four-poster bed on the far side of the room with its curtains drawn. The fireplace and to, their le- to the left, still radiates heat from its low embers. The door to the balcony across from the hearth is open despite the cold night air. There's a desk and chair in the corner covered with old notes and papers um, and a what looks like kind of a small purplish book. As you near the bed, you see an old man wearing a nightcap and robes. He's wearing a gold medallion of his office hanging around his neck even as he sleeps. He stares slack-jawed before you, bolting upright and sputtering at a ho- at a horse. How did you get in here? The door. Where well, you see where the first ghost haunts you this night. Behind you, you hear a very feminine voice. I am the spirit of Christmas past. Wait, what? Oh, are we invisible? Cool! A young woman's face as calm as a lake at midnight, wearing a flowing white robe, flutters behind you into view by side Ebenezer's bed. Long past? Ebenezer asked. Your past, says the spirit gliding over to the bed and raising an outstretched hand. We must away. Her eyes settle on your, on you guys. There is much work ahead of us this night. Cautiously, Scrooge takes her hand as she leads him to the double doors by which you just entered. They open on their own, and a blinding light fills the room as she and Scrooge step through. As you guys follow after them, you squint as your eyes adjust to the harsh light. As soon as your vision settles, you find yourself standing in a boarding school classroom. 
a young Ebenezer Scrooge sits in a class listening intently to his teacher. Near the head of the classroom stands the spirit and Scrooge, who mutters to himself, I remember this place. I used to attend here. Spirit, why have you brought me back to this old school? Do you intend to show me every moment of my wasted youth? Bah humbug! The spirit says nothing, and the class gets up to leave. As you watch, young Ebenezer is approached by a tall man with a package. His proportions seem ever so slightly off. His arms too long, his face too narrow, and somehow he seems uncomfortable in his own skin, as if he is more a creature than a man. The creature then leans down and whispers to young Ebenezer, while the present-day Scrooge leans forward, straining to hear. Suddenly, shadows spring to life around the room, surrounding young Ebenezer and the creature. One of the shadows dives into the creature and disappears. The remaining ones silently turn their attention to you. Roll for initiative. Ho, ho, ho! That concludes part one of this D&D one-shot. But before I go, Merry Christmas! Because you know I guess it doesn't hurt to have the Christmas spirit year-round. Also, Happy New Year! And since this is going out in mid to late January, Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day! Nope, gonna miss that deadline too! Alright, let's cover February just in case! Happy Groundhog Day! Happy Valentine's Day! Happy President's Day! I think that's the holiday when all the mattresses go on sale! Ho ho ho! I think that's good enough for now! Santa has to go back to making geeky toys for all the good boys and girls around the world! Stay tuned for part 2 of the D&D one-shot! when our holiday heroes assist Scrooge in his encounters with otherworldly spirits, both helpful and threatening. Be safe, be well, and continue enjoying whatever makes you a discerning geek.